Have you ever thought about the science behind astrology? It's more than what the future is all about. It's time for a visit with Andrea Geertz, astrological detective. This hour includes astrological predictions, personal stories, and some crazy experiments. Get ready for a unique ride. Now, here's Andrea Geertz. Good morning, and welcome to the Astrological Detective, where I'm here with, a, I think, a pretty feisty guest. Eric, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, uh, you know, I have to say, of all my guests, you made me a little bit nervous, just because I, I don't quite know what to expect. Uh-huh. Partially, that's because I don't know the first thing about Chiron. I mean, uh-huh. well, I do. I do, and I don't. You know what I mean? Well, Chiron's been influencing astrology from the back, like, you know, since its discovery. A lot of astrologers don't know that much about Chiron, and uh-huh. a lot of other astrologers uh, don't quite trust or believe in Chiron. Yeah. But the whole the principle of Chiron has been influencing astrology, but like from behind or from below the boards for many, many years. Okay, wait a second. If you're going to be the Chiron expert on this show, then we need to establish some credibility, especially since I don't even really trust Chiron, okay? Yeah. Now, now if Chiron's listening and, and maybe people believe in appealing to the gods of the planets, like, Chiron, I'm open, you know. I just want to say that. Okay, Eric. Yes. How long have you been an astrologer? I began my professional practice in 1995, so about uh, 17 years. Whoa. I was reading that you are one of the most trusted astrologers. One you of think the most that's- what? Trusted astrologers, is that uh, true? That's a good thing. Yeah, I, I mean, so. I, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, one of the one of the, you know, I, I mean, no matter, I, uh, I mean, no matter what, but uh, I, I come from a field where I ha- have to practice a high level of impeccability in what I say. Uh-huh. Uh, I came from investigative reporting. Oh. And when you're huh? working as an investigative reporter, and basically when you're accusing large corporations of crimes, uh-huh. you have to be right. Yeah, you do. And, 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 yeah. and you, can't, you cannot be a sellout. Right. I, I can't be, you know, uh, taking apart General Electric on one hand and being sponsored by Exxon on the other. Wow. So, so, so you have, I mean, you, I mean, obviously you have a good mind, and, and now I'm going to get to um, my PDA. Do you know what PDA is? PDA? Yeah. Personal desk assistant? <laughs> Close in your world. In my world, it's a public display of affection. Ah, right. So I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So on every show, I have a PDA because I want to tell listeners why I asked my specific guest on the show. Got it. And well, so lay it for on, you, honey. what? Lay it on, honey. Okay. <laughs> well, I met you recently at the UAC conference, uh, which is the United Astrology Conference, and you actually interviewed me on your radio show, which is called Planet Waves. Correct. Planet Waves FM. Yes. Yes. And um, I remember, I was, so this is really funny, I was like sitting there waiting for my turn or whatever, and there's so, you were interviewing someone before me, and it, it was just so funny, I was like, wow, he's a total radio show top, like me, <laughs> and it was really funny. So then I was like on your radio show, but you asked me the best questions, um, you you know, it was like a, a quick conversation, I was like, wow, he's cerebrally awesome, like, and, and, and that's rare for me to, I felt like I had met my match a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I thought, wow, I really want to have him on my radio show. And so the tables are turned. Um, and then when I, you know, and then w- when I listen to you, you know, on the radio, I feel like I learned a lot about how to, you know, host a radio show, you know, in, in, even better, you know. It's just kind of like, right, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When you have someone, yeah, interviewing you, you realize how it feels and how it's, you kind of feel out of control. And 
Um, but also, I just feel like I, I respect you as a uh, as a colleague in astrology, but also as a, a kind of colleague in the radio arts. Does that make sense? Well, thanks. I, I love radio, and I've got a very nice Venus, and I, I like to use my voice. Wait, wait. Didn't you tell me um, that maybe Venus and Chiron talk to each other in your chart? Uh, they do. Oh, well, that's very apt for the show. I have, that's a good point. Because I have I have Venus in the discovery degree of Chiron. What's that mean? The discovery degree. Well, planets are found, and they're found someplace. Uh huh. And so, it's possible to have a another planet in that same location mm. at mm-hmm. some other point. You happen to have Chiron located in the discovery degree. You were you were born within a few days of the discovery of Chiron, right? Oh my gosh, I totally was. So Chiron's right in its discovery degree the day that you're born. Wow, do you do you feel like I don't know? Chiron and I are are basically astro twins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, you know, the, <laughs> right? No comment on the astro twins. So, uh, which gives you a, a, a potential affinity, uh-huh. and uh, and and could be a very instructional thing for you to study. Studying Chiron teaches astrology, especially if you have a strong Chiron in your chart. So, okay, let's just start with the basics. I mean, people are probably wondering. What does Chiron symbolize? Is it the wounded healer? Why did you even say that? Come on, let's talk about Barbara. We have to talk about Barbara. Well, Barbara Hanclow actually plays down that aspect of, of Chiron. She, she mentions it because it's sort of trendy to mention it, but I think that, that Barbara's work on Chiron focuses on the, uh, the, the healing potential and the quality of Chiron that is about intensity. Mm. That's. I think you you could you could call you could subtitle Barbara's book Barbara Hanclow Chiron and the Healing Journey as Chiron is really really intense. She takes the Uranian view of Chiron. Chiron, if you know any astrology, Chiron is sort of like blending Uranus and Saturn. Yes, I remember she talks about that in the book. She talks about kind of how it's how we transcend matter, which is the Saturn kind of concept, and then into kind of you know. R- r- I think she talks a lot about raising, I read the book like 12 years ago, but raising your vibration up into kind of higher levels through Uranus. Is that yeah, kind tapping of? into the Uranian aspect of things. Right, yeah. And, and so the, the flaw of Barbara's book is it doesn't deal with the Saturn side of Chiron that much. But that's okay because other writers do address the Saturn, uh, the Saturn side of Chiron quite well. M- Melanie Reinhardt is one and I'm another one. Okay, so wait, first, is, it this, is Chiron actually located between Saturn and Uranus? It's in an orbit between Saturn and Uranus. Saturn has a 29-ish year orbit, and Uranus has an 84-ish year orbit, and, and Chiron has a 50-year orbit, 50.7 years. Oh, I see. So, but is it physically between the two? Isn't the orbit of Chiron, uh, like, uh, what do you call that, oblong or oval? Is that it true? Is. And it is, and therefore it, it, at certain times will be inside the average orbit, of Saturn, okay, and then it will extend out almost to the average orbit of Uranus. Okay, I have to ask you a question. Yeah. Okay, I wore some Chiron earrings for you. <laughs> <laughs> because last week I wore my Mars earrings, which are big red balls, and then I was wondering if I got it right. I kind of just went with my, my gut because I, I wanted you to school me on Chiron. I didn't want to, like, look stuff up, you know? Yeah. So, but it, I wore tiny blue balls. Do you think well, that's? Hey, close? I mean, we can we can uh, we can 
institute that as the official earring of Chiron in honor of you. I, I don't do the kind of astrology where you associate it with clothing or things like that. I'm not against it, but I think that especially where Chiron is concerned, when you when you invoke the 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 energy of Chiron, you start to hear from people who have really serious problems. Wow. So Chiron is, I don't know about any wounded healer stuff, but Chiron helps us deal with some of the most painful places that we have. Interesting. Including okay. ancestral injuries, uh, including things that happen as repeat injuries hmm. in, our, in our lives, and, uh, and then how we handle what you might think of as being dangerous transitions. Interesting. So just back to my earrings for a second here. Because we can't gloss over them that fast. Okay, but what about the tiny nature? Is Chiron tiny? Yeah, it's very small. It's a, it's a, it's it's as, it's as small as a, small as a medium-sized asteroid, or a very very large comet. Uh, astronomically, it is a cometary body. Comet. So it is. Is it a trans-Neptunian object? No, it might have been. It might have started out there and then gotten pulled in by a planetary event that pulled it in. One of the theories is that uh, there, the the layer of comets. There's this thing called the Kuiper Belt, which was huh? discovered 20 years ago this month, by the way. Uh, wow. The Kuiper Belt was theorized for uh, for for many years as a place out in the region of Pluto, where there are millions and millions. Imagine like a plateau like the rings of Saturn, only uh-huh. it's millions and millions of particles that surround the sun in a big, great big disk. Uh, and, and these are, um, they, they, they could be things like Pluto. That's a, Pluto's a big one. Uh-huh. Eris is a very big one, uh-huh. uh, same size as Pluto. So they're both on the large sides for the Kuiper Belt, down uh-huh. to very small particles uh-huh. uh, that, that uh, even are smaller than Chiron, and so Chiron, Chiron is tiny, and it, and I hear intense and tiny. Yeah, I mean, the size of things doesn't really matter in astrology. Well, really, why not? Because many things in astrology have no mass whatsoever. Like what? The part of fortune, or the house cusps, or the ascendant. The ascendant does not have any mass, and no one has ever sent a rocket ship up to the 11th house cusp to get a picture of it. Well, I'm going to so tomorrow. So it's math. Okay, well, okay, that's true. And so, I mean, and gen- generally, I mean, I think even if we don't know how um, Chiron can be really intense, even though it's small, uh, we do know that we can graph these things on a schematic diagram and test them. So, I mean. Right, but we have, when you get into that question, the question is how does astrology work at all? If, if you believe that mass is an issue, uh, then... That that leaves out a lot, a lot of things in astrology that have no mass whatsoever. So there's obviously some other thing that we're relating to things through besides merely the the size or the weight, such as photonic particles. Maybe. No, I mean even something commonly known like the North Node. Right, right, right. The That's North the Node point. has no mass. There's right, nothing right. there. Right. But the That's thing true. behaves as powerfully as if. They're one of the strongest forces in the whole chart is there, but there's nothing there. Right. Something's going to happen there eventually, nearby, an eclipse. So your point is to listeners, listeners, Chiron is tiny, but that doesn't mean that Chiron is not important. Far to the contrary, check out when you have a transit. These are some of the most noticeable transits people have in their life. 
We, hey, we got to go to a break, but when we come back, before we start um, building knowledge, as we do in the Earth section, I want to talk about the best books on Chiron, including the one that you wrote, because I would like to read it. So when we come back, we'll start with that. And yep. uh, to all you listeners, stay tuned. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Tune in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will help you to heal yourself, support those around you, and enhance your work and your relationships. Healing can be physical, emotional, or spiritual, and it can be personal or collective for the healing of our planet. Dr. Allison and her guests will offer methods of healing that will go beyond your life and reach the lives of others. Tune in to the Empowered Healer Show, airing live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. There's a course offered on 7th Wave Network that you never saw offered in college, one that provides information on how to transform ancient wisdom teachings into everyday life. You'll learn how to create from your spirit and explore the world with all of your senses. Participation is encouraged. Enroll in Spirituality 101, the course you can't afford to miss with your host, Reverend Norma. Class is in session every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, in your favorite classroom, 7th Wave Network. Are you feeling out of control? Are bad relationships, anger, depression, and lifestyle overwhelming you? You can choose to release the belief systems that have kept women stuck for years. Tune in to The Power of an Unstoppable Woman with Dr. Rose Backman as your host. Break free from the genetic beliefs that can cause sabotage. It's time to stand up for who you are and what you believe in no matter what. Listen every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. enjoying Andrea Garrett's Astrological Detective. Got a question or comment? Maybe a story to share? Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to the Astrological Detective at gmail.com. Now, on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to the Chiron Show, where we are here with Eric Francis. So, Eric, what are the best books on Chiron? I think that the, the, the best book and, and one of the best astrology books that might go over your head, but don't worry about that, is uh, by somebody called Melanie Reinhardt. And the book, I like the old title of the book, so that's the title that I use. Uh-huh. Uh, and it used to be called To the Edge and Beyond, Saturn, uh-huh. Chiron, and the Centaurs. Now oh. I guess it's called Saturn, Chiron, and the Centaurs to the Edge and Beyond. Oh, flip flop Yeah, you know, whatever. But yeah. it's the emphasis of Melanie's book is on Saturn. So she begins the she begins her book with a very thorough explanation of Saturn, and once you understand Saturn, it is much easier to understand the Centaurs. So what is a Centaur? Well, in 1977, Chiron was discovered on November 1st, 1977. Yeah. And it was named after a centaur, Chiron. Uh-huh. 
mm-hmm. which is a mythological being that's half human and half horse. Wait, like a Sagittarian? Yeah, that's there's the, at, at the gate of at the gate of the galaxy in Sagittarius. There is a big centaur standing there guarding the gate. Yeah, correct. at twenty-eight, you mean? Pardon? Sag? At twenty-eight, Sag? Well, I don't know exactly where the constellation is, but the galactic center is at about twenty-seven. Uh, and and it's, it's, it is in or very close to the, Sagittari- the, the constellation Centaurus. Wow. So a centaur is a half uh, horse, half human. Yes. And, and, but as a planet, it, the, the name was used to designate a category of planets in 1992 when the second centaur planet was discovered 20 years ago. That was Pholus. Okay. Is that with an F? P. P is in Peter, H-O-L-U-S, Folos. Ooh, I love a little Greek rendering. Pardon? Ah. That's a rendering. I like it. All right. So um, so then after Folos was discovered, they said, okay, now we have a category. We have a class called centaurs. Okay. So usually at the second discovery, they designate the class. Okay. So for example, Pluto was discovered in 1930, but it uh-huh. wasn't until... Uh, a second thing like Pluto was discovered in 1992 that they said, ah, there's a Kuiper belt. I see what you're saying. So so when you get more than one of something, then we can create a class for it. Yes. And that's so the class of centaur planets are uh, orbit-crossing bodies. Most of them have orbits of around 30 years or more. The longest one's about 120 years. Um, so the centaur aspect is that they cross orbits. So they they're cross orbits. They have a highly elliptical orbit, which means they cross orbits uh, and I believe that there's a there's a rule there's a description that they have, but I think that the mean the mean orbital distance has to be outside the orbit of Jupiter, hmm. uh, and 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 something like not cross the orbit of Neptune. Interesting. So, what would you say Chiron means in a chart? Well, it, it, it's going to it's going to manifest in a different way for everyone. First of all, I think that the most significant thing, if you're trying to understand Chiron, is to not is give up the cookie-cutter definition where Venus means love and Mars means war, this kind of thing. That does not work for these new discoveries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to figure out what Chiron means in your chart to you, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. ways to do that, but mm-hmm. it's best, Chiron is best taken on a case-by-case. Huh, so so, do you, so you, you, you mentioned to me that you have done some research on Chiron. Well, I've spent my whole career doing research on Chiron, because every client who comes through my practice, I check their Chiron transits, mm-hmm. uh, their lifetime. I'll pick out maybe 10 Chiron transits, and I will give them a either a have a verbal conversation or give them a questionnaire where they fill out, uh, they, 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 they tell me the story of their Chiron transits. Mm. And so I, I've listened to the story of, you know, God knows, 20,000 Chiron transits. Whoa. So I, I, okay? I understand the transits and the patterns that the transits make. And so if you can look up, if you're, if you're advanced in astrology enough to be able to know when you had Chiron square Chiron, Chiron opposite Chiron, Chiron square Chiron a second time, if you're old enough, which most people are now, mm-hmm. uh, Chiron return at age 50, 51, mm-hmm. uh, I check Chiron conjunct the sun, Chiron mm-hmm. conjunct the ascendant, mm-hmm. and then anything else interesting, make a list of those, Find mm-hmm. out when those transits happened, journal them out, and look at what story they tell. Interesting. Hey, I have a question for so you. I do it as a detective, as you imply. <laughs> well, good. I like that about you. 
Um, hey, I have a question about that. So I was looking in my ephemeris, the most amazing book in the whole universe, and I was noticing that maybe I can't really see where Chiron is entirely. I mean, there are some tiny little, there's some information. Well, you know, Chiron what moves. What ephemeris are you using? Wait, I'm using, no, I can, I'm using the American ephemeris uh, by Mickelson. So it should give the monthly position, but the newer ones, I think, the, the newer ones give the um, give more more than that. But any Mickelson was one of the first people to list Chiron in an ephemeris. Bless him. Oh yes. And uh, he was way ahead of his time in, in lots of ways. If you're into computers and astrology, look up this guy Neil Mickelson, one of the pa- patron saints of astrology. Yeah. And uh, but I'm looking at the 21st century. New I see it in the bottom in the bottom right corner. It says you can see the Chiron position They're for the only month. Giving it monthly. Well, yeah. if you Google Chiron, well, monthly is enough. Uh-huh. You don't, yeah, oh, yeah. For most purposes, you don't need more than a monthly position of Chiron. Yeah. So th- so people can look at it in the ephemeris. Okay, so you're saying that, that people can kind of uncover the story of the, their own Chiron by watching Chiron as it positions itself in relation to their natal Chiron. And in that way, they'll get a kind of clear story of what's going on and then also to the prominent points. Um, You'll get a story, and you may have to do a little bit of uh, thinking to uh-huh. put it together, but you'll mm-hmm. get you'll you'll get a series of, of small stories. Something will have developed in your life when Chiron crosses the ascendant. Mm-hmm. Chiron, mm-hmm. something will happen when Chiron crosses your midheaven. Mm-hmm. When Chiron crosses your sun. What about when it crosses your moon? What would happen? Anything, but you you want to limit your research un- unless you want to do a completely thorough check of all the transits and you can you can do that mm-hmm. you can, if you have solar fire solar mm-hmm. fire will give you a list uh-huh is that is that a computer program yeah yeah um okay so uh let me think here so you were saying on the phone that maybe chiron is a kind of portal planet is kind of almost like a an enzyme it's a kind of a threshold it, it functions in an aspect of different different points it functions differently so for example um with um with with uranus it'll be kind of like a lightning rod mm-hmm. with neptune it'll be kind of like a condensing thing that, that condenses this uh, misty stuff coming out of neptune with saturn it works like a portal okay uh, and when it blends with an inner planet like mars or venus it ramps up the intensity of that planet so you end up with you know you know how there are people who are like kind of a little bit boring, and then there are some people who who make your hair stand up a little bit, or you feel their charisma. Totally. A lot of them have Chiron in aspect to inner planets. Oh, interesting. So, so it's like a planet of kind of, of like what? It, of what? Of like it like verves you up in some yeah, aspect. It, it's a it revs up the energy level, and then also it revs up awareness. So, one yeah. of the primary themes of Chiron is awareness. Uh-huh. So, so, of whatever so what about, it's touching. What about Chiron Mercury? Would that make prisons of mental awareness? Yeah, how does it work with Mercury? Well, it can. It it, it definitely makes somebody with an interesting mind, but it can mm-hmm. also create the sensation that uh, that like you have kids who are dyslexic, mm-hmm. and and then it. Fortunately, now we know what this is, but we did not know what it was thirty years ago necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, people with Chiron Mercury might feel like they're not that smart, but they're actually smarter than everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it creates this illusion. It creates a kind of a debility. But if mm-hmm. you work with the debility, you actually find that you have an extra ability. And that's one of the key 
ideas of, of Chiron. So that might be where it gets the wounded healer uh, language put upon it, is that it's a place where we somehow have this extra, and then we have to figure out how to integrate that into the milieu. I mean, well, of life. Yeah, how it gets the wounded healer thing comes out of the uh, a simplistic reading of the mythology. But there's, you know, many people who have a gift of some kind experienced an injury early in life. Mm-hmm. And the injury was, the injury then helped them condense and concentrate power. Mm, interesting. So that's sometimes described as a shamanic wound. Oh, yes. You yes, know, like that... a near-death experience might happen. A lot, a lot of people seem to be a lot more with it after their near-death experience. Uh, what do you mean by near-death experience? It could be anything from a car accident to an illness uh, mm-hmm. to you survive a plane crash to you're hit by lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything... You know, we're always near death, so I have right. a fairly wide definition of near death experience, and, and uh, unfortunately, they don't work as well as they should. But <laughs> uh, something that changes the trajectory of your life in some way, uh, and that forces you to wake up. And so, Chiron's associated with those. It can be, uh-huh. the, the, and, and you'll often see Chiron around at moments of near death experience and and other kinds of awakening experience. So it seems it has something to do a lot with a vibrational quality of kind of, um, I keep feeling like maybe it's like a, it's like a, it's almost like a dentist drill or something. So it's like if, if, if it was sitting on Venus, that could be an amazing thing because you get kind of a, to your Venus. But if it's something like Saturn, that might be a really intense, uh, energy to have mixing with the condensed vibration of Saturn. So it just depends. It's not that simple. Um, it, it can manifest positively or negatively in any aspect. Mm-hmm. A lot of it has to do with the awareness level that you show up with. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, the, it, so your density level is going to have a lot to do with the density level of, of how Chiron manifests for you. And that, yeah, that would make sense that your, our general, you know, energetic constitution will filter uh, the planetary energies. Hey, Eric, we're going to go on another break, but man, I am learning so much. This is fascinating, and I'm awesome. so glad that you're here. I'll be here. All right, we'll be back in a few. Okay. Stay tuned. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. What are the benefits to combining modern science with ancient healing practices? For the answers, you'll want to tune into Frame of Mind with your host, Terry Sue. Each week, our program focuses on ways to live more holistically. By developing new ways of looking at our world, we can find ways to foster harmony and peace for the good of mankind and our planet. If we learn to live and think healthier, we begin to explore and focus on our strengths. Tune into Frame of Mind, Saturdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on 7th Wave Network. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. 
Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're enjoying Andrea Garrett's Astrological Detective. Got a question or comment? Maybe a story to share? Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to theastrologicaldetective at gmail.com. Now, on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to the Astrological Detective. We are um, studying Chiron today with Eric Francis. Um, Eric, I have to, before we go on, I want to know about your book on Chiron. What is that? Well, I, haven't, I haven't written a book on Chiron, but I've written about a hundred articles on Chiron. Really? Are they on your website? Yeah, and the easiest way to find them is Google. Type my name in quotes and then, uh, and then put Chiron outside the quotes. <laughs> uh, and okay. you'll come up with uh, a lot of articles. I do a column called The Chiron Files. Also, uh-huh. that'll come up. Wow. And, uh, and then I have uh, a website called Small World Stories. Okay. That is easy to find, and there's a great chapter on Chiron and Small World Stories. Okay, cool. Do you and notice? I'll, I'm going to gather all this together pretty soon. We're going to have all the minor planet articles gathered up in, into one place pretty soon. Oh, well, please, please send that over to me, and I'll try to make it available for people here, too. Awesome. Okay. Um, hey, what do you notice about Chiron going through the different signs? Well, one thing about that is that it, it varies widely how long it stays in each sign. Uh-huh. Uh, so, for example, in the, on the short end of the stick, it takes uh, 18 months to go through Libra and Virgo each. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But in the long end, it takes about eight years to go through Pisces and nine years to go through Aries. Wow. So sometimes Chiron's acting more like an inner planet, and sometimes it's acting more like an outer planet. Fascinating. So it behaves significantly differently. And that, of course, affects the transit pattern, because if you're born with Chiron going fast, like, for example, if you were born in 1994, uh-huh. you will have your Chiron first square at seven years old. Mm-hmm. If you're born with Chiron going slow, for example, in 1965, you will have your Chiron first square at about age 22. Interesting. So it is individual in its experience on account of the timing being different, which is not true with the other planets. Uh, it's true of Pluto. Oh, so true. Pluto's got a longer story. Our great-grandparents had their first square of Pluto when they were 60. Oh, interesting. Our grandparents and great-grandparents. We huh. have our first square of Pluto at about age 35. Right, and that's intense. It's intense, so. but note that we're having, we are, you know, you know how like the, we get the feeling that the older generation doesn't really understand what the heck we're doing or who we are? Right. Well, they had their Pluto square at age 60. Right. We are, we are confronting that transition at age 35. Yeah, very different. Very life different experience. and much younger. Yes. We're yep. experiencing things. But young, that people are not uh-huh. thinking, 
you're going to experience till you're an old fogey. Right. <laughs> so, so then, so then, uh, but as far as the quality of experience, um, with Chiron going through the signs, is, do you notice themes there? Sure, there are. I mean, uh, I mean, one, one example is that through most of the 1960s, Chiron was in Pisces. Okay. Uh, the 1960s would have been really nasty without Chiron in Pisces. Uh, really? they were pretty nasty as it was. Uh-huh. The 60s were not the peace, love, and rock and roll time that we think of them as being because there were a lot of people killed. Uh, there was a really vicious war going on. Uh, the country was torn apart, but there was Chiron in Pisces. There was, uh-huh. beneath everything, there was a sensation of a spiritual process working, which largely came out through music. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's happening now then also, yeah, right? Yeah, Chiron's in Pisces now, and yes, let's, let's, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that music starts to become music again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and doesn't sound like you're sitting inside of a factory. Oh, yeah. Well, th- one of the things I love about using my weird tape recorder to record music on the show is it gives it a very um, real quality, like the tone of a tape recorder is very nice compared to the digital. I don't know. There's something about, I don't know, just music that's not digital in some ways. Well, there's a, I have a whole interview with a guy named Rob Ferboni. If you're curious about that, if you Google Eric Francis' interview with Rob Ferboni, uh-huh. he's a music producer, and he spends about 45 minutes talking about why that is. Oh, interesting. And also the effect of technology on the composers themselves. Right. Yes. But let's, let's go back to the Chiron and the science. Yeah. So the 1960s, Chiron's in Pisces, and mm-hmm. there, is a, there is an underlying theme of service and, and, um, and, and a lot of music. In the 70s, most people would say, well, the music started to suffer when Chiron went into Aries. Uh-huh. And the, the, the spiritual search shifted into a more Aries-like search for self. And when was that? Uh, around 1969. Okay, okay. So there's a transitional year or two in there between 69 mm-hmm. and 70, and by 70, Chiron's in Aries, mm-hmm. and we're, we're in what starts to become eventually known as the me generation, because there's uh, uh-huh. intense focus on me, Aries. You know, what, you know what book embodies that? What? American Psycho. I haven't have read, read that one, but oh, oh man, it's freaky. It's about the me generation. It's it's about like the, it's in the '80s, but you know what I mean. It's all it's about that. It's really fascinating. Anyway, so I call Chiron and Aries. I jokingly refer to it as get a real identity crisis. But <laughs> you know, Chiron and Pisces, you might call that get a real spiritual crisis. Uh-huh. So there's a quest for, you know, there's the sensation of God always calling with Chiron and Pisces, and then. With Chiron and Aries, there might be a sense of the real me calling. I've got to find me. I've got to find me. Right. And, you know, look at people born in the 60s versus born in the 70s and test out the theory. You know, see, astrology is supposed to have manifestations in the real world that are verifiable, huh. not that you're just reading about in books or, or articles. Right. So if and someone comes along like me and pretends to have some authority over the subject matter, test the theory of what I'm saying. Right. See yes. if it's actually true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say, um, you know, just in defense of Chiron, uh, it's really interesting. Do you know Kenneth Miller? Uh, maybe. Anyway, you 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 would like to know him. He's great. He's my friend uh, from Kepler College, actually. He um, and he's a scholar. I'm a scholar. And so for years we er, we talk about Chiron, like, is it real? And he's a Vedic astrologer and doesn't use the outer planets. And and so we we go back and forth. But um, I have to tell you that I watched Chiron, and I watched this to Chiron, and I, and I and I'm acting like I don't know anything about Chiron for the sake of of the show in some ways. But also, I haven't studied it since you know this period I'm talking about now. But 
Anyway, I did notice that Chiron was quite potent. And also, um, I have Chiron oppose my chart ruler, exactly, and which is Mercury. And I think what your description of Mercury, Chiron, was very apt to my life, right? I mean, I, mean, I now translate ancient Greek texts into English, but I didn't really, you know, I, when I was younger, I would get schooled for not being able to do things the right way constantly, you know? So you like fail the spelling bee and stuff like that. Well, yeah, basically when I was seven, um, I got, well, it was like a big ordeal because I couldn't write cursive and like it's so I had to practice all writing and, um, you know, I just stuff, you know, all kinds of stuff. But, um, but it, it's interesting though. I really have watched Chiron and I do believe that it does have an effect, um, through, you know, from research, not just from talking. Does that make sense? I mean, not to somebody trying to convince you of it. Exactly. No, and, and because because I approach everything in astrology from a skeptical, per- well, more like a um, a researchable perspective. I mean, my yeah. dad's an yeah. physicist, so it's not like I'm like, oh, this is real. I'm like, is this real? And Chiron has proven to be uh, definitely um, potent. Now, we, you and I talked about you maybe trying to channel your Venus Chiron when the moon hit it or something so that listeners could hear your Chiron coming out. Life and I cannot always um, work that kind of thing into my rather lavishly rich publishing schedule. <laughs> right, but I but I will say that um, in the music that you did send, I mean, people will hear that you do have an amped up Venus. So you're also a musician, not just a radio personality. Well, I like to think that whatever I try to figure out, I I can, <clears throat> and I'm called to any expression of beauty. Interesting. Uh, and like, so uh, I and I like electricity. Uh huh. So I, so I take pictures rather than paint. Uh huh. Interesting. And, and so, I and I didn't bond with a guitar until an electric guitar. So why? What do you think the electricity component comes from? I don't know. It's just a. It's a nice thing to have, like sunshine. <laughs> right. Uh, and we get to have. We get to be the first century that had it. Uh huh. So, so you know, the the twentieth century really was the first century that had accessible electric power. I know, man. It's really thymically intense. But cameras are convenient. You don't have to set up the easel. Uh huh. You can keep it in your pocket. And electric guitar, the strings are softer, and you can learn bar chords on the first day. Uh huh. You don't. You don't have to have fingers like little hammers, like Jerry Garcia had. Uh huh. You you can actually play an electric guitar with a soft touch. So you believe that having Chiron and Venus together brings a potency to your um, kind of value of Venus in this lifetime? Well, it certainly, I've, I've, I've written almost as much about sexuality as I have about astrology. What? So it what? brings a, Come on. yeah. Come on. Well, if you Google my name and the word masturbation, you'll get 36,000 Google returns. Oh, whoa. Wow. So well, I, 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 that's uh <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> is there like, is there public images we can find or anything? Is it just? There, those are all contained in a thing called Book of Blue. If you'd like to, anybody listening wants to write to me, I'll send me a friendly letter and I'll, I'll consider sending you the password. <laughs> Eric's but mom. Yes, I photograph all that stuff and, and have made it a kind of a document. Wow. So you, you were mentioning about Chiron, uh, your, your approach to astrology being a, a kind of a research-based approach. Chiron favors that. One of the key words I have for Chiron is documentability. There's always a paper trail with Chiron. Really? You can always dig out the truth and find it documented or, or proven somewhere. Wow. That's fascinating. You know, established in some way. Maybe circumstantial, maybe proof, but there's always a breadcrumb trail with Chiron. Huh. I can't wait to look into my own Chiron. I feel like I'm going to do a Chiron study now, just just to revisit the subject. 
Start with your transits. Okay. So I should start with the, the first time that Chiron squared itself. Yep. Okay. And what then, do you, oh, go you know, ahead. then get the opposition. You're old enough to have had uh, your Chirons and Taurus. You're probably getting around close to your second square. Yeah. Well, because uh, you know, you, you, Taurus, no, you had it in Aquarius. You're long past your second square. So um, then check the rising sign, Chiron and the Ascendant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you have an interesting cluster of planets anywhere, check the era when Chiron went through there. And start with writing down your address. Don't, you know, people, when you say to people what happened, they think you're expecting them to say that a UFO landed in the backyard. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> but what I, what I start my clients on is write down your address. Why? If I say fall 2001, everybody remembers their address. Oh, that's true. They remember where they li- were living. They were like, where was I living? Yep. And I ask for it by season. I don't ask for it by date or by month because seasons are poignant in people's lives. They tend to remember that's... a season more yeah. than a month. Fall of 2009, totally. Yeah, and they go with remember the... the autumn of 2009, maybe. Totally, yeah. You know, so there's, I reach for that poignancy, and I'm just looking for the, 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 the sensation of being alive at that time. Then the stories come out. Okay, interesting. That is, that is, that is an astute thing. You just taught me something. I like that. I like that in man. Okay, I like that in anyone. Okay. <laughs> but especially a man. Well, you know what I mean. I'm just saying. I, I really like. I have to say that I, I just, I just love. I love it. Like when I was like telling you, I was like, oh, I can't wait to, uh, you know, be be in charge this time. And then in the email, you're like, you know what we should do? And I was like, oh man, this is so fun. I love collaboration. It's like it's like playing tennis. Yes, it's competitive, but it's collaborative. You know, it's so fun. Hey, so anyway, we've got to go to a break, but when we come back, I think we're going to go right into your song called Open, Open Secret, because I have to reconfigure my computer to do it. Okay. So, um, listeners, when we come back, we're going to listen to the music that was written by you, Eric, called Open Secret, and I love that you wrote, have some music for the show. Can't wait yeah. to see Miss Tyron in action! All right, have at it. I'll be here waiting. Do, 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 do. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Within each of us is an inexhaustible source of wisdom aligned with the natural world with the potential to connect us to the sacred dimensions of life and to guide us to our own highest potential. This source of wisdom is known as self, soul, and consciousness. Every week, host Ray Nobriga guides us on an exploration of our relationship with the natural world through the lens of the shamanic arts. Restoring and deepening our connection with the natural world ignites the spirit within us. Tune in to Self, Soul, and Consciousness, Thursdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? If you're searching for the answers to these and other spiritual questions, you can look within. And you can tune into The Open Door. Our program will expand your awareness of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, offer you practical tools that promote self-mastery and personal freedom, and provide an unerring pathway for graduating from Earth Schoolroom. The Open Door with host Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy is broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're enjoying Andrea Garrett's Astrological Detective. Got a question or comment? Maybe a story to share? Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to theastrologicaldetective at gmail.com. Now, on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to The Astrological Detective, where we are now going to hear a very special composition by the composer Eric Francis who embodies Chiron as Chiron meets Venus. Uh, do you want to share what sign that's in or no? Well, I have Chiron, well, I have Venus and Taurus, but I also have Chiron conjunct Mars. Oh, and aren't they sextile, though? Uh, What's your Mars in? What sign? Pisces. Pisces, okay. Okay, so you have a Mars, you have Mars-Chiron connection? Mars conjunct Chiron, but I have Venus conjunct the Chiron discovery degree. Whoa. You're like a Chiron love mingle. Okay, here we go. Open Secret by Eric Francis. Hold on.
And there we have it. Beautiful. Can I put a little language on this? Sure. Okay, so I love it. it. It made me feel like the ocean. You know, it's like when I think of Mars and Pisces, right? I feel like it's, it, it, well, I, I was thinking that taking pictures of your junk is very Mars and Pisces. <laughs> anyway, that was a side thought I had. Mainly but, taking pictures of women looking in mirrors. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's Book of Blue. Okay. Most of it. <laughs> my, my visual image was different than the real one. But, um. You might like the real one. Yeah, I'll have a look. Uh, but it, that that made me feel very like Pisces Taurus. It was almost like a very calming ocean. But then the the Chiron kind of feeling that I've I've gotten from listening to you describe Chiron, that kind of intense like f- f- I don't know what I, I, I don't know. It was like that more of that that was in the the electricity of the sound was maybe the Chiron. You know. Mm-hmm. No, but it's very. Oh, it's recorded by the ocean. I did record it by the ocean. So. Oh, fascinating. Well, it was in Montauk. I was practically in the middle of the ocean. Wow! So it definitely conveyed that. That's fascinating. Um, I really think that is that what I love about music is it's a it's a vibrational language, you know. And so when we when we hear people play music and and we know what's in the chart, you can like feel the energies of the the signs. At least that's how I feel. Um, I have a question for you that might that you might not be able to answer. I'll try. Okay. Do you, you, uh, well, you'll probably be able to answer this, but do you want to tell listeners what the concept of remediation is? Do you know the concept? Well, remediation means to fix, I believe, right? Yeah, 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 to heal or fix something. Um, Hold on, let's get the etymology. Okay. I mean, it has, the the concept is med, M-E-D. So it, it means middle, uh-huh. To... Uh, it's connected to remedy, and it's connected to, uh, well, the, the, it's a 13th century word from French, uh, re, from the Latin, remedium, a cure, remedy, medicine. Uh, okay. and then medare is the root to heal. Oh, interesting. So to remediate really means to heal, and it's connected to medical. Right. So astrological remediation. Um, in about a week, this book, astrological remediation, will be coming out. And um, I have a question for you because I don't talk at all about Chiron. Do you know of any way that people tend to remediate or remedy um, any ill effects that Chiron's producing? In well, I don't think Chiron's the thing producing the ill effects. I think Chiron is the remedial force. Really? How so? It just, just. I guess you just have to take me at my word. I don't know exactly how it works, but. But the the thing about healing an ill effect is you have to know it's there before you heal it. So what Chiron will do is first gently, then not so gently, try to call your attention to it. That's why Chiron gets blamed. But to blame Chiron is to blame the messenger. Interesting. So it's just bringing something into focus, but it's not actually create like like Mars might be creating the havoc. But you, you know, know Chiron Mars in another planet. There'll be tension. There'll be some unresolved tension in the chart that the person's not expressing in a constructive way. And then what Chiron does is it comes along and shows us how that's happening. So it's almost like maybe the idea of going from Saturn to Uranus, as it you know, is the the trans. It's the planet between them, or it's the, it's orbiting. It's a an object. Point is, is that maybe you know, remediating something in the chart is to raise the vibration of it, or or the use of it, or um, raise the awareness of it first. Right. So that that is the concept of Chiron. Is kind of what you're saying. Raising awareness of my first keywords of Chiron. Wow, fascinating. Well, we have to go in, in two minutes, but uh, you, you want to know what the show next week is? Uh, sure, and then I want to tell you where to find me. 
Great. I can't wait to hear. Um, so next week, the show, um, I have a, uh, two special guests. One is Amber Roland, who is um, a person with five planets in Sagittarius. And then my daughter, Angeline, who is a sun, moon, and rising Sagittarius. Um, so the, the show is on Jupiter. Uh-huh. So it's going to be hilarious. And, um, Which is in Gemini right now, so a good time to talk about it. Right. It's, very, it's going to be freeing. So where can people find you? Planetwaves.net is the easiest place. What's and the hardest? Good, good contact info, information on how to sign up for my subscriber service, which comes out twice a week. Awesome. And uh, and then there's an awesome free daily blog there as well, with a number of different writers working. But most okay. of my stuff comes out on the subscriber service, so you've got to pay for that and to read my horoscopes. But I promise it's worth it. Okay, I was going to ask you, uh, will it be worth it? But hey, well, I Why wouldn't it be. I mean, uh, I I live by the my by reputation, right? So if I put out bad stuff, I won't survive long. <laughs> well, I know you're doing a good thing, and, and we don't very... even take ads, so we're supported by our by the people who love my writing. They just keep paying for it. No ads. Not a one. Ever. Thank you so much for being on the show, and I can't wait to uh, talk to you again. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, nice to meet you guys listening out there. Yeah. And find Eric at planetwaves.net. All right. Goodbye. Yep. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, Andrea Garrett's Astrological Detective will return with an all-new program and more fun. Be here next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. And for more about Andrea Garrett's, visit her website at moirapress.org. That's M-O-I-R-A-Press.org.